Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? Do you want JG playing in the background while you introduce us? Yeah, why not? All right, we just all gone to craft tonight, but welcome into this week's edition of The Flex. Remember to head on over to YouTube and check out your Flex host live and on your screen. Subscribe and hit that notification bell while you're over there. Lots of great video content that you do not want to miss out on. Once again, this is The Flex, and you can find our show and more fantastic content on Broadway Sports at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Head on over there and sign up for your free case to be, I mean, sorry, free trial. (laughs) The old free case of beer. Well, I bring that up because uh, there was some fantasy-related news that went out there. And it was the most, I think, the worst commercial spot could be <laughs> worst commercial spot I've ever seen for something. I don't know. It, we'll get to your opinion in a second, JG, about it. But, but Gardner Minshew, you found it. You showed it to us. Walk us through that, whatever that was for Bud Light and Gardner Minshew. So, first of all, if you haven't heard. Bud Light is offering a promotion. If you draft Gardner Minshew, quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, first overall, or not first overall, in your first round of your fantasy draft, and send a screenshot to Bud Light, you'll be entered to win a free case of Bud Light. But, I mean, that's like, whatever, a free case of Bud Light. I mean, not. I would love a free case of Bud Light. Hello, Bud Light, sponsor us. But the real prize is if you win your fantasy league, Bud Light tastes like despair, as Zach <laughs> aptly points out on his background. The thing is, if you win your fantasy league with Gardner Minshew as your starting quarterback, Bud Light will send you free beer for an entire football season. And here's how I feel about that. Now, aside from Gardner Minshew being a terrible commercial spokesman, even though he's like has a great look and he's like rad with his rad hair and his mustache and goatee and his sunglasses and is are, are we bringing rad back i don't know is that, is, that happening? is a cool looking dude but i expected my quarterback to be able to like read um and like commit like have more charisma i don't know what i'm trying to say but i felt like gardner Minshew was absolutely terrible as an actor in that commercial and maybe he's not a good actor so you would cast him in what in your movie is Hell what you're no. saying. Like, Although I would yeah. cast him to play the cool dude because he's pretty cool looking. But anyway. Is he? Right. Like, I don't, aside, I don't get it. <laughs> all that aside, I take this as a personal challenge. As someone who claims to be good at fantasy football, if you are someone like that, if you don't think you can win your league with Gardner Minshew as your starting quarterback, then what are you doing? I mean, this is free beer, right? Like, to me, I'm going to draft Gardner Minshew, maybe not in the first round, Put him in my starting lineup all year because I mean it's quarterbacks anyway. How how unless he gets hurt? So you don't again. even have to draft him in your first round to win the full oh, year, but like I want to see a, something written up because the way I understood it from from listening, to it, you get one free case of beer if you draft him in the first round and send that screenshot. But then I think that you only way to qualify for the the lifetime said lifetime the the year of free beer is if you draft him first and then win your league with him. Okay, well, even if you have to draft him first, I mean, do you guys remember that season when there were like 10 running backs drafted in the first round and like five of them all broke their knees in the first like month of the season or so? Okay, that's an exaggeration, but it was well, like you've year never that- won a championship, so maybe I've this is your route to you winning a championship. That's a great point. I have won plenty of championships. I'm pretty sure in, you said you've won zero championships. 
my main league of record that is my most competitive league, I am leading the league. Oh, in most so you've won a lot of easy championships is what you're saying. Yes. Like I win my family league almost every year. I've won some other leagues. I did my frat league. I've won some other leagues, but I've never won my main league. So basically you're just, you're just, you can win the big 10 of leagues. Like you're Ohio state and you can win because there's easy competition. Right. He's playing the sisters of the poor, those type of schools. Yeah, sure. Fine. I don't care if that's, <laughs> I'm going to be in one of those leagues doing my Gardner Minshew experiment. Okay. And I'll go win but, the uh, fucking league again. Sponsor us, Bud Light. That's yeah, right. look, at this, look at all this great pub you're getting behind, yeah, Zach. Look at this. My favorite no one beer. Speech this week, Zach. What? <laughs> no no speech. Speech. No infomercial. No, I'm just gonna let my uh, my background uh, display my feelings for Bud Light. I love Bud Light. Mmm, <laughs> Bud Light. So this is the face I make a- when I drink Bud Light. <laughs> Smile. And if you want to see that face, you need to subscribe to our YouTube. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. If you you don't subscribe to our YouTube, you're really missing out on some good graphic content. What you what you think that (laughs) means? Hey, that's up to you. Tune in to find out. You (laughs) stop doing that to the people on this show. (laughs) Okay. What are we doing today? We're talking about handcuffs. Speaking of graphic content. (laughs) So, yes, we are talking about handcuffs tonight. We promised it last week. We're going to go through and look uh, at the running back situations across the league, who you should probably pick up, who you need to stash, who you need to keep an eye on. Greenlaw, we never get to hear from you a whole lot. These other two idiots monetize the uh, monopolize, just suffocate the wording on this show. We're trying Uh, to monetize it, Bud Light. (laughs) So, Greenlaw, why don't you hit us up with the handcuff that you're looking for in the draft? Sure. So a guy that I really like uh, in the draft, especially if I'm going to draft the starter here, is Tony Pollard. He was really effective last year when they gave him the ball. And if there's an injury to Zeke, he seems like he's going to be the go-to running back uh, to, to take all the carries. Plus, he can, he can play in the pass game as well. I'm all in on that pick. I like it. I mean, Tony Pollard in the PPR is going, um, just lost it, going in the 11th round, uh, which I think for what you're going to be looking for in the 11th round of most drafts, I think that's an appropriate time to go ahead and grab a high-end handcuff. They're working him out at wide receiver and with the wide receivers. As of today, I saw reports about that. So, you know, in the PPR league, you know, there there could be a little bit of upside. He's, like, worth keeping around. He's not one of those handcuffs. You're just like, oh, well, I'm going to ditch him three weeks into the season because he ain't going to do anything. He, he's someone that you can you can roster the whole year. Right. That's got to be encouraging for your thought process to get him is if they are working on other positions because maybe he can contribute when he's not a handcuff. And maybe if you were in a, a dire situation one week, uh, and say you have other starters, but you need that extra spot in the flex, maybe. And you, go, you go and pick him in. Oh, I see that he does it for himself on time, yeah. but he can't well, do he it was, for He us. had thought ahead. He thought yeah. ahead multiple steps there. He's going to do that when I can read my own mind, right? Yeah, I'm not going to anyway, fault you for thinking Moving on ahead, to my point, <laughs> if he's being worked out in receiver and he can contribute in other ways, especially in a PPR, that's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, 
who what's another running back that maybe fit that criteria where it's he's not just going to contribute as the number two back, but possibly could look around. Uh, JG could be used in other positions and may have some more value outside of just being a handcuff to a good situation. Well, I'm glad you asked me that because personally, when I look at handcuffs, I think there are three different types of handcuffs. There's the guy that you're talking about right now who can contribute whether or not the starter gets hurt. There's the guy that's just going to be a bench stash that you hope gets some value, but you also don't hope that because morally it's a weird situation because that means you're like hoping somebody gets hurt or loses their job, which is like, you're an asshole if you hope that, but then there's the eye that could be both. And I mean, the ideal handcuff is someone who could be both. So we mentioned Kareem Hunt last week. Speaking of being an asshole, Kareem Hunt kicks people. He's an asshole, but trying to win fantasy leagues here. Um, we so mentioned maybe him last doubles as a kicker. We don't know. Maybe doubles as your <laughs> kicker if the Browns have some trouble there. Um, but I think Kareem Hunt's a guy. We mentioned this last week. We incorrectly stated his ADP and then some idiot, I don't know, read very wrong. But then, you know, that we fixed it. We, we mentioned that he's going 66 overall right now, RB28. So I don't know if he finishes as a RB top 30 running back without getting a run as the starter for a little bit in this season. But I do think he's a guy that they're probably going to play a lot. I think the Browns are going to want to run way more than they ran last year, bringing over Stefanski from the, from the Vikings and – I just think that he could provide value. And if Nick Chubb does get hurt, then Kareem Hunt, you're starting him every week like he's an RB1. So that's the ideal handcuff. Somebody that you can put in your flex, as you mentioned already. But if, and if they, if you really, I mean, if the starter gets hurt, then you really have a chance to like win your league with that pick. So Kareem Hunt's my number one handcuff. Zach, any follow-up thoughts on Kareem Hunt? No, I mean, I think he will be a top 30 um, just looking at first off the first 32 and then also the handcuffs, I just, you know, I see that a lot of just starting running backs on this list that probably aren't going to get the, what, what he can do with the ball. He doesn't need, he's one of those running backs that doesn't need the volume or touches to make an impact in a game and make an impact in fantasy football. He could take one reception or one touchdown 50 yards for, you know, or one reception or one carry for 50 yards and touchdown, boom. There's you uh, 11 points right there, and you're done. I mean, like, that's pretty good. He was, like, running back 19 even with Nick Chubb around towards the end of the year. I mean, he was trending that way. So, to me, I mean, like, you get a full year of Kareem Hunt, and like you said, in this offense, I think that it's for sure you can get the value of drafting him in the sixth round. I would personally do it. I'm just going to stay away from it. I would do it if uh, I drafted I Nick like Chubb, it. though. Yeah, yeah. I would do yeah. it if I drafted Nick Chubb. Uh, maybe not in the sixth. Like, the, you, that's been in the first on the Nick Chubb and then the sixth on Kareem Hunt. Like, that's but that, two really high picks. But you would have to – to me, you have to start Kareem Hunt. Like, you have to start both, right? I, mean, I don't like, know about that because, I mean, this is something that we started talking about a little bit before we recorded, but something I do want to bring up. When you're thinking about handcuffs is, like, you have the top of the draft, your first and second round picks, where if you miss on those picks, your roster could be really suffering if you don't, if you don't find some gems throughout the draft, unless yep. you have the insurance of having that handcuff. So if I spend a high pick on Nick Chubb, I'm targeting Kareem Hunt maybe a little higher than I even would normally because – I want to make sure that I have that RB1 every week outside of his bye week, whether he gets hurt or not. And that is also something to consider when you're targeting someone like Saquon Barkley or 
you know, versus um, versus Alvin Kamara, who has a very clear backup who you know will get the touches, as opposed to Saquon Barkley, who who is even his backup. Last year it was Wayne Gallman, but they added Deion Lewis in the offseason, who Titans fans know better than anyone is like gonna somehow get carries because he like earns his coach's trust and then do be terrible once he gets them. So like that's maybe a reason to push Saquon Barkley down your draft board a little bit as if he doesn't have a clear handcuff. And if he does get hurt, you lose your first round pick. Whereas if you take a clear someone with a clear handcuff in the first round and then get that handcuff later, it's like insurance on your first round pick. But you, you're, you you're getting it at a six round pick. Like that's true. I mean, that, it's a high cost to pay. That's that a very be, high cost. That might be a but reason to avoid Nick Chubb more than it is to avoid Kareem Hunt because you know you can in that same range you have like Joe Mixon who Giovanni Bernard is the clear backup to that you might have a better chance at or Kenyon Drake where you have Chase Edmonds as the clear backup to so sorry for stealing everybody's handcuffs I'll just shut up now but I just wanted to get that point out there is that yeah, you, you calm it's, down there. it's more about uh it's not just about the handcuff itself it's about you know wisely spending your first and second round picks because if you if those guys get hurt or bust you're fucked Right. So the, the better value is being able to draft one of those RB1s high and then getting their direct handcuff very low in the draft. So like right. we were talking about Tony Pollard in the 11th round, there's some other guys going in the 11th round. That's your ideal target because you're not having to spend another pick on a possible starter on a guy who's going to probably ride your bench or be in a flex spot. So uh, because I forgot, and I'm really on my A game tonight, we were going to give a vote for Tony Pollard. And then now that we've covered crew hunts, let's go back real quick on Pollard. Are we yay or nay on Pollard? I mean, yeah. 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 All right. (laughs) Cream hunt. Yay or nay? Absolutely. I'm a yay on cream hunt, but a nay on Nick Chubb. Well, we're just talking about the handcuff, so. I'm huge on both. So give me an oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. So moving on, uh, give us another name, Zach, someone to look out for it out there. I am going to kind of flip the script. Zach Moss is a handcuff you not only have to get, but if someone else drafts Devin Singletary, you need to get Zach Moss. Like, Zach Moss is when you look at and Fantasy Pros has a great list of um, the 2020 handcuffs and everything. Blah 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 has them all listed. When you look at Zach Moss going in the tenth round, and Dev, Devin Singletary is going as high as he is. To me, Zach Moss has a real chance to probably run away with it from everything that you hear in training camp, everything you've seen on film from Zach Moss. And I was a big Zach Moss guy. Like coming out Share of college, the there's it's yeah. receipts are on Twitter. I talked about Zach Moss being a guy that could I remember. be Derrick Henry's backup and we not lose a step. He knows his own run ah! scheme. He loves to run. Well, okay. There's a big, a little big of a drop off between Derrick Henry There's and Derrick Evans, but they're not Derrick Henry. Lewis and yeah. Anyway, to me, if you're looking for kind of like one of those running backs, so you're going to be wondering, man, I really wish I would have drafted him and been able to keep him at a low round. It's Zach Moss. Zach Moss has the best chance, probably outside of maybe two other situations, which I'm going to say to outscore his 
lead back his i guess whoever he's handcuffed to the starter which would be singletary which yeah. i'm not even 100 percent sure singletary is going to open the season as a starter he like, may not i like i'm kind of with you like right now if you are starting your draft we had my league my first draft is this sunday holy shit i, I am eyeing me some zach moss going ahead and getting them i'm not going to hesitate taking him as a rb2 He's going right now 117 RB41. Like, that's yeah. a steal. Tenth round is insane. Yeah. I, well, right here it says on this thing, for PPR, he's going in the 10th round in PPR. Yeah. Which is just nuts to me. Yeah. I think so, that, I mean, if you guys go back to broadwaysportsmedia.com and check out my AFC Confidence Ranks article or go back and listen to our AFC Rank episode, I went into this whole thing about the goal line carries with Buffalo and why – Josh Allen's not going to score eight rushing touchdowns or nine rushing touchdowns again like he has the past two years is because they brought in Zach Moss. They didn't have a goal line back that was effective or that they trusted. I mean, even if nothing else, Zach Moss has a good shot at eight to 10 touchdowns this year just from being the, the new guy in this offense who hasn't failed at being the goal line back yet like Frank Gore and Devin Singletary did. So I think they don't see Devin Singletary as a three down back. And if they did, they wouldn't have spent a third round pick on Zach Moss. I'm all in on him. All in. Oh. Let me ask you this. If there's a what we think might be a competition for the starting job, is it fair to call Zach Moss a, a handcuff? I well, think it I is think fair right the, now. Yeah. But he's the exact type of handcuff I'm targeting okay. because he's going double-digit rounds, and he's a guy who has a legitimate chance to provide value whether or not the starter gets hurt. So I am Zach Moss is going to be in my top five yeah, handcuff definitely. for sure. And Singletary gets injured. So he's already yeah. shown that he he's can't stay healthy. Well, so it, it if you get like, if you get Zach Moss, regardless of if you get Devin Singletary, that's what I'm saying you're yeah. in a very good situation. I'm like, not it's, targeting it's a Singletary. To me. Yeah, this yeah. is like a no-brainer situation that you should be drafting Zach Moss. Yep. Yeah, he's a agreed. medium floor, high ceiling guy in the tenth round. That's about as easy as a pick as you can get at a position where it's hard to identify exactly. late round talent. Yeah. Yep. So sounds like we're sounds like we're all in. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I like Zach's better. Can we pull that for next episode? Oh yeah! It's on you, man. Let me know. So on it. I'm on it. Do you want me to do it a little sexier? Oh yeah! Thumbs down as, on the uh, last as, two, Zach. Oh yes. As as graphically as you can do it. <laughs> oh yeah! So anyway, moving on here, looking around, one one situation that intrigues me as far as handcuffs, and I know we've talked about them in length in other podcasts, but the New England Patriots, who exactly is the handcuff there? And I know we not want no part starter? of that. Who's the starter? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, if you had to pick one guy, Greenlaw, who would you tab as the handcuff for the New England Patriots? Well, probably whoever drafts someone from the New England Patriots because <laughs> you'll be dragged down – Fair enough. Into the bottom of your fantasy league. Uh, There's been a lot of hype about Damian Harris. uh, (laughs) And I I mean, Sony Michelle, I guess, is the lead back, but Damian Harris has gotten a lot of uh, pub this offseason. I don't, I'm not taking one of them. Uh, That situation scares me a little bit. So buyer beware there. Agreed. But James White is a value. Uh, Damian Harris is the value. Because they're already talking about Damian Harris, and they're talking Both about him pass-catching, pass-protecting. I mean, Damian Harris's value is like 
way down on the list. Here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm not draft. drafting James White. I'm yeah, not drafting yeah. Sonny Michelle. I'm not drafting Lamar Miller. If I'm drafting, if I'm crazy and stupid enough to draft a fucking New England Patriots running back, it's going to be Damian Harris. It's going to be in like the 15th round. Yeah. yeah, James White is going in the seventh round too, which is woof. way too high. That is oh, high. Thank you. That is oh, high, but I mean, I think very confused. If he, if he, that is very confused for James White. But if if he starts dropping, I mean, I'm not not drafting he him. He's the he only. What's the pitcher. highest you would draft him at? I'd have to have a pretty solid group of running backs. Yeah, honest, and so. wouldn't yeah. you rather have a Tony Pollard or absolutely or Latavius? I would rather have pretty much any Lata- of the handcuffs that yeah, are exactly. in my top ten. Or Tony. Okay, would you rather have Matt him. Breda or would you rather have James White? Matt Breda. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if I am not too bold, it sounds like we are very big on not just James White, but the New England Patriots running back situation. Veto, veto yeah. those motherfuckers. Yeah. All right. Looking around again, and I just want to still. Their just... best running back is Cam Newton. Got him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, just to look at some other situations, and, and we'll get some more just straight out opinions for us to hopefully not steal. But I just want to also talk about the Washington football team, mostly because I want to mention that I can say the Washington football team. And look at their situation there, the reports out of there. Who would you consider the handcuff there, especially with some of the buzz that and the big mega love that Antonio Gibson's getting? Well, I, I would love to take this one is, over if I could. Go can, ahead. Just, this, can I, before you take over, Zach, and yeah. I will let you, yeah. who's the starter? Is it Peyton Barber or Adrian Peterson? Okay. It's neither. I, okay. I'm telling you right now, your starter is going to be either Antonio Gibson or Bryce Love. And wow. And I know that's crazy. Maybe Bryce AP Love. gets maybe AP gets the week one start or something, you know, out of veterans, you know, oh, that a boy, you know, <laughs> whatever yeah, the, you know, crazy veteran stuff it does. But Antonio Gibson is the only running back, first off, I really want, right? Um, much like Zach Moss, huge fan. I went to the University of Memphis, full disclosure, watched a lot of Antonio Gibson, like him more than I like Tony Pollard. But Antonio Gibson is the truth. They are putting him in every position. Think a think peak Percy Harvin when Percy Harvin was just doing everything he could to score points, right? Except for without the migraines and all that. I mean, Antonio Gibson is legit. And you all, he hasn't moved hardly anything. He was like a 13th round when I first started writing articles for Broadway Sports Media, broadwaysportsmedia.com. You catch the fourth down decision. And the he was like a 13th, 15th round pick, and he hasn't really moved that much, which is crazy because he is getting all the camp hype that you could ever want. The Terry McLaurin rookie year camp hype is now Antonio Gibson camp. And let me say this. I've read a lot of uh, – little Bryce love love going on up there. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves love. And I think that's a guy that, who would have been a high, pro, right. high ranked prospect coming out of college if he hadn't gone back and then totally shredded his knee. So that's yep. an interesting point. I am saying this right here with the love, love. I think Barber's the old man out. I think if he's the one that's going to get cut out of all four of those guys. And I think AP will get some like courtesy carries. Cause you know, you, got to have the respect of the veterans or whatever. I don't know. 
it's 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 to me it sounds and looks like a mess as like typically most Washington football team stuff does but there is a clear path and that is Antonio Gibson and to me Antonio Gibson's handcuff is Bryce Love skip over Adrian Peterson just act like he doesn't exist I mean I I totally agree about not drafting Peterson or Barber because I think that's they're just a waste of a pick. They're either, like you said, going to start the year as a starter and then lose their job, or, I mean, Peyton Barber may not make the team. That's an interesting point, I guess. I, what I think is interesting <laughs> is that if you look at last year – That was a pretty good point. <laughs> if you just look at, like, pass attempts last year by team, um, the, the Redskins – Washington professional wow. football. Well, well, wow. well last well, year they were the Redskins. Okay. <laughs> Last year they were. No. No. I'm not talking about 2020. Okay, whatever. (laughs) The Washington football team attempted like the 31st or 32nd. It'll be on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Most pass attempts last year, whereas the Panthers were like top five most pass attempts team. They've. I was listening to the Roto World football podcast earlier this week, which is a great show. Not as good as ours. Okay, okay, let's hold up here. You just said that they were the 30. They did the 31st most pass attempts. Yeah. So shouldn't that be the second least pass attempts? It could be. They're the same well, thing. Well, that's able. If you scroll back to these episodes, that's what we no, spent. No, 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 no. You were calling the second least the 31st lead. It wasn't a matter of using the wrong end uh, of the math. It was a matter of no, the no, wrong. No, no, no. I think 31st most, most sounds really know. weird. The the I was listening to Coach's Corner the other day. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about the coach's quarter? Go you ahead. brought you mentioned it. Uh, you mentioned it on an episode recently. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Can you make it simple for me because I don't know what the hell y'all are talking about. Can you just say if they, it's it's really hard or really easy? <laughs> <laughs> they did not. They they did not complete a lot of passes. Not a lot of passes. There we they go. didn't okay. attempt. They didn't. They were on that. the. They were on the lower end of pass attempts. Where the Panthers, who have imported the head coach and offensive coordinator from Carolina into Washington. I think they're going to throw the ball a whole lot more this year. Now, the Roto World guys seem to think that those targets are going to go to Terry McLaurin as he takes over the DJ Moore role. I'm not so sure about that. Terry McLaurin's a very well, talented receiver. he can't take all of them. He had them all last year. Well, he only had like 95 or something targets like that. Again, it'll be on the screen. I mean, last that's pretty year, good. Which is pretty good, but it wasn't 130. Imagine what Terry McLaurin would do with 40 more targets is, I think, a, a direct quote from Josh Norris. So, sorry for just ripping that off the road. Is that what World DJ podcast. Moore had last year? Yeah, but, I need to be rethinking my DJ more love. Uh, but yes. I think it's more likely that Antonio Gibson is used in this role that DJ Moore had because he was used close to the line of scrimmage, screens and quick slants and passes to get him the ball in space so he could utilize his yards after catch ability, which is more, I think, Antonio Gibson than it is. Now, Terry McLaurin's a talented receiver, but he's a great downfield receiver more than he is line of scrimmage yak kind of guy. So, I am. I mean, it is ADP right now. What's... Uh, what's this guy going? Gibson, like 140-something? He's in the 12th round right now. 141, RB49, according to this Fantasy Pros list I'm looking at. I mean, for a guy who could end up being a starter on the team or a starter in your fantasy lineup, that is an insane steal. I'm going to say something real quick. He could be a league winner. 6'2", he's 6'2", 221 pounds. He's big, he's built, and and I want to say something. We saw how this Carolina offense loved to use passing to running backs. Christian McCaffrey. 
I am not saying Antonio Gibson is Christian McCaffrey, but if you're looking for someone that is really, really cheap, that is going to end up being maybe near the Alvin Kamara. Remember, Alvin Kamara was drafted really cheap at one point. He was not a high-round draft pick when he was at the Saints. This is the next guy like Alvin Kamara that's going to be drafted late, and you're going to see a lot of targets, especially in PPR. Don't overthink it. I agree. I think it's like one of those situations where the hype could push you to the point where you're like, man, he's getting too hyped. I don't want to buy in. But he's still just not getting hyped. There may be that one guy in your league that's like really in on him who drafts him in the ninth round or something. Could be me. (laughs) But that should be you, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You should be that guy or or gal or non-binary gender, whatever you identify as. I don't think ninth is too high. Playoffs? Either, I'd, like to, I'd like Playoffs? to move on from the Redskins. Well, I, I, I don't want to hear what Greenlaw has to say. I, here's all I want to. I want to move on from the Washington football team. Sorry for my again. You offended yeah, a Greenlaw lot of people. Listen, hold on. Time out. We are done with this team that we talked about not drafting anyone from one of our podcasts. Two guys, McLaurin and Gibson. The next topic for Greenlaw first. So let's move on. Uh, Greenlaw, let's look at another situation out there as far as handcuffs are concerned. And, and before we move on, are, on the handcuff situation in Washington, are we, are we yay or nay? Yay. Well, we're yay on Antonio Gibson. Gibson and yeah. none of the people who are whatever starters right now. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a loud one because I had to turn up my playoff music for y'all. So moving on then, as we're looking around the league and to all these other names just to look at, say, in – Keep it at home here with the Tennessee Titans. What are your feelings on Darrington Evans and what he could do for the Titans this year? And we'll start with Greenlaw. I like it. Um, I like Evans. He's going in the 20th round is what it says on Fantasy Pros right now, which is way too low. Not around. Uh, it's not around unless you're drafting a 27-round draft like yeah. Zach's trying to set up. Uh, <laughs> but it's Dynasty League. <laughs> That's that's way too low. He's a draftable player. I think he's a guy. He's definitely the the clear cut guy. If something heaven forbid would happen to, I'm not even going to say it. Uh, but if some, you know, if if the worst case scenario happened, he's the go to guy. Uh, and I think he's going to see a lot of uh, pass targets too. I think that they're going to use him like, I guess Matt Lafleur wanted to use Dion Lewis when he was. Uh, you know, doing whatever he was doing with the offense, mismanaging it. Uh, but it's going to actually work this time because Darrington Evans is good and Deion Lewis is terrible. Zach, let yeah. me ask you this on this situation because it is a situation where obviously we're not advocating or hoping that anything happens to Derrick Henry. So is this a guy, when you're talking about a handcuff, is this a guy that you could also use at some point in time if they're maybe spelling Henry for whatever reason late in the season, but also looking at, how involved he could be in the offense and other aspects, depending on how he picks things up. It, it would, it would be a long shot, long play. So like if Derek Henry never goes down, you know, it's a long shot that you're going to see um, any kind of value from Darrington Evans. We, I mean, cause we just don't know how they're going to use him, what he knows or anything. So the long play is maybe that, long shot turns into something good you know starting week eight but you're gonna have to roster him the whole time yeah and no disrespect to Darrington Evans I like Darrington Evans 
but just because I draft Derrick Henry, I'm not drafting Darrington Evans. Really? I yeah. would at that price. 100%. I think I'm absolutely doing well, it. Well, I mean, but, yeah, oh, if I have the 20th insurance. round in a 12 team league. Getting, but, no, but in the last round. Go ahead, Greenlaw, sorry. No, I was just saying in the last round, I would absolutely pick him up if he's still there, if I have Henry, That's when I draft my kickers in defense. That's when I draft my guy right. I want to hold on to before we go deciding, and then I pick up a kicker. Anyway, um, yeah. but again, to, I think to Zach's point there is that if he's not going to be even drafted, why well, waste a draft pick on him when you can kind of monitor the situation? Because he could just well, be hanging out there in free agents. Because he's not going to produce like some of the other guys, like say Gibson, if he really is the number two or those kind of things, then, then there's no reason to really ever play him. So there's no reason to have him on your – you need to be take that chance and pick him up if something happens to Henry, in my opinion. Well, the, the thing that would suck is if he gets injured and then you don't get Evans. If yep. Henry gets injured – Oh, well, yeah, but I think – that, And that's worst-case scenario. And I'm trying to, you know, mitigate any sort of risk with that. And I actually play in a league with a taxi squad, so you could draft Evans, put him on the taxi squad, and he wouldn't count against your roster – until you needed him then you could bump him up but you can only use that once so that would be my taxi squad play would be Darrington Evans because I don't expect I expect him to be relevant in the passing game at least from a uh, real football aspect but maybe not uh, you know he's not going to be a guy you're plugging and playing in your lineup every week so he's he's someone I would want as insurance for sure yeah, exactly. It's the insurance. It's the same thing I talked about earlier where you don't want to waste your first round pick. Like, I think there are different strategies to fantasy football for sure. And some people prefer to spend their late round picks on like diamond in the roughs that could pop and become every week starters, which is a perfectly viable strategy. And some people like to insure, for better, lack of a better term, their first and second round picks. And I like to do a mix of both, but there are certain players where like if I draft Derrick Henry, a hundred percent I'm drafting Darrington Evans and he's sitting on my bench the whole fucking season. And if I have, I have to waste a bench spot for the, for the security of my RB one position being a hundred percent locked down, I will waste that bench spot. But, but is Darrington Evans going to be an RB one if Derrick Henry goes down? I think That's there's a pretty good chance. Who the hell else is it going to be? Jeremy McNichols, who they signed today? No, I just think they'll pass more. I think they'll they adjust their offense. more. But they could pass more and still, still have be a viable. Too, and you know, the, the maybe John Smith moves back to running back. Yeah, for three carries maybe. in a game. I mean, he's not going to maybe we trade for uh, Marcus and we put him at running back. Yeah, <laughs> he'll break. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly. I he just don't be. know if the value is there to roster him for the well, long there, haul of a that's season. That's the thing, though. There's no. I mean, twentieth round. There, there's no value, or there's there's only value. There's no price really. It's about well, it the, depends the on your, how deep your bench. Spot. Yeah, yeah, the price you, is the roster how, spot. To me, I, I play in a league where it's mostly – or most of my leagues have small bench spots. So, like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm we're typically – I'm in leagues that draft, like, 16th, 15th round or year or 15 rounds. So, like, to yeah. me, that bench spot is very valuable. Now, some people treat it like crap and would probably draft someone like Reggie Bonifon – you know, over Darrington Evans. Now I would draft Darrington Evans over Reggie Bonifon, but who? you know, yeah, I just I am sure looking for Reggie actual Bonifant people is. that I feel like uh, he's, he's the backup in up. Caroline Panthers, and he subscribed to our YouTube channel. <laughs> Don't um, draft Reggie Bonifon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like to me, bench spots are valuable. So typically on my bench are wide receivers because I feel like those depth plays 
pan out a little bit better than running back depth plays. Yeah. I mean, you can't. It's, it's personal preference, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I personally would rather have Darrington Evans than, like, a, taking a chance on Antonio Brown coming back to the league or whatever. Like, those, that's the same range you're looking at. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, I would take right. Darrington oh. Evans. Sounds like we're we are a little split on whether we're in or out for for definite handcuff. As far as I know, if you get Henry, that's a special situation. But as far as drafting a handcuff just to have him on your bench if you don't have Henry, and those are, are no. we feel not a chance. No, okay, so, no. So I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm because I just I I don't think he adds anything else. Yeah. Well, we just said we wouldn't draft him. So you're out him. on rostering him if you have Henry too. You're with Zach. I think I am. I think I'm out on roster if you have if you have Henry because I think you can find other um, running backs that can be handcuffs and can also produce for your team in a in a pinch, especially if you put them in the flex. <laughs> so, JG, I want to go to you on this next one uh, because you and I have been uh, talking about the Hard Knock Show on Sunday Night Roundtable. Mm-hmm reviews hard knocks with mr lebowski uh, it's a great show check that out as well and really you made a comment that there's been surprising amount uh, or uh, lack thereof i should say of cam Akers, and for the los angeles rams until this week we finally saw him a little bit and he fumbled <laughs> any concerns there for him and, and, and when you're looking at that team and for daryl henderson who had a lot of had some pop last year as far as some 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 pub and all that, but really kind of fell off. I mean, what are you looking at in that situation, especially when you're able to review it? The only real review of outside of the Titans you can really see right now for us here in this market. Yeah, so looking at their current ADPs, you got Daryl Henderson going 118 overall. It's pretty low. Cam Akers 67 overall. It's pretty high. I mean. I liked Cam Akers as a prospect out of Florida State, you know, running behind like the worst offensive line in the country and churning out yards. But, and I do think, I mean, I'm pretty high on this Rams team overall compared to like whatever the national perspective of them is. I think they're going to be better than most people think. I think they're going to have a bounce back year on offense. But I'm worried about the running backs. Like, I'm probably not drafting Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson just because the roles are so up in the air. And like, there's been some hype that this is that the Rams want to create their own Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara situation. Like it takes a really good offense to, for that situation to like flourish and actually find success. Otherwise you're just like, otherwise you're Dion Lewis and Derek Henry with Matt LaFleur and you have the worst offense in the NFL. Right. So, I mean, it was concerning to me that the only time he's been on hard knocks was a fumble, but also like the Rams are have no control over the edit for hard knocks most likely. So like they probably don't even know how much, yeah. is being featured or not featured but well actually I, they do have control it's either well, the probably coach have, or the gm yeah they, they have a final sign off yeah. yeah so they probably just check it to make sure there's no like when they're showing the wide receiver coach talk to them that they're not revealing a scheme or something like that but what was the wide receiver coach doing he's pointing his oh, okay. laser pointer at the gotcha. i'm pretty the sure the titans have the 27th uh best offense in the nfl too so put that correction over your face i think there. it was 29th or 30th based on total yards per game Mm, it'll be mm. on the YouTube. Let's I want it. all of the stats on the page. So points per game, total yards, what everything. Those are the only two I'm going to do. <laughs> so Plays what else would work? Plays per game? Hell yeah. no. Dang <laughs> moon here, man. Jeez. <laughs> That's three so, stats. Does anybody have anything else to contribute to the Cam Akers situation and Daryl Henderson out with the Rams? I am not a believer in Dar- 
Daryl Henderson, and it pains yeah. me because that's like the that's like the third Memphis running back that we're talking yeah. about tonight. Memphis and River Tiger, it, and you're and really and really when this all when Daryl to me Daryl Henderson was the best college one that I watched because I mean he was just so big and so bruising and will he imposed his will maybe Bud Light. It could turn into a Derrick Henry renaissance here, but their offensive line is still not that good with L.A. And to me, Cam Akers is just a better prospect. So I am still going to draft Cam Akers probably roughly around his ADP just for long-term keeper value and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to draft Daryl Henderson because I don't think anybody else – I know he has a 10th-round ADP. If someone is really drafting Daryl Henderson in your league, they're just – kind of stupid i'll tell you what's not stupid is a light simple bold mango which is what it says right here it's like the if brussels sprouts grew wings mine just says light simple black cherry wow mine just says yours needs to be bold mine says mine swell so it sounds like we are out all the way out on (laughs) daryl henderson we only have 30 more teams to go through (laughs) let's start flying a little we're not going to go through them all, are we? Come on. There's not a whole lot. That's what we promised. Are. We are. Okay, we are. So, Graver right. said, yes, please. Please. All right. So here's what I'm doing in the interest of time because I think we're already over 40 minutes. All right. Let me name five. Half. Sorry. Let me name five handcuffs that I am not drafting. Oh, you take over the show. Packers. Who even is it? Jamal or A.J. Dillon? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't Dillon. care. Philadelphia Eagles. Who even is it? Boston Scott Boston or Scott. Corey Clement? It's Don't Boston want either one. Scott. <laughs> New York Jets. Frank Gore or rookie LaMichael P. Ryan out of Florida. Don't want either one. Who cares? Or the Jets. <laughs> Jacksonville. Ryquel Armstead or Chris Thompson? Now, Chris Thompson and Jay Gruden reunion, maybe. But hell no. The Jags. Are you kidding me? Pittsburgh Can you give a medium Steelers. sound effect for that one? Eh. Yeah, there it is. Just clip that. <laughs> Where are we at? We're at number four. That was four. Number five, okay. Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is an interesting one to me because James Conner, injury-prone motherfucker. But who's his backup? Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, Anthony McFarland. Who the hell knows? I don't want any of them. No, thank you. That's five <laughs> teams we don't have to talk about. Done. <laughs> well, do we have to talk about the Bears? Because they suck. Bears? Yes. Three they suck. Tariq well, okay. Tariq Cohen might be the starter. May, David Montgomery is got my mic working? Today. My mic may not be working because I've said they suck two times and they still suck. They always mm. suck. Don't draft anything from the Bears because they're going to be your last place team in the NFL. Okay, we can't hear you, Zach. Yeah, what do you say? <laughs> I think you're on mute. There's too much Bud Light going on behind you. <laughs> Brussels. <Sprouts. laughs> I just read that. So what I want to do now, since since we did promise we'd go through all of my guess. And we've gone through a ton. I'm gonna. I don't want to double up. So let's just go down the list here alphabetically. Start with the Arizona Cardinals. And what I want to do, just to be clear, is I want just a pass or fail when I mention the name. And if, and if anybody has a good point to make about that person, or we wanted to get into a little bit, just a little bit, we can stop. But let's try yeah, to just a little bit. Just a little what bit. If we have a great point, you said good, but what if we have a great point? <laughs> good to great. I'll give, you, I'll give you ten more seconds than I would have. Okay, perfect. Point. <laughs> so Arizona Cardinals, Kenyon Drake, the the projected starter with Chase Edmonds as the handcuff going in the 14th round uh, or around there currently. Up on both, Chase Edmonds is in the 14th round. Give them I mean, both what else to me. Amen. Yep. For sure, I'll take no them both question. also. Yeah. 
All right, perfect. So the Atlanta Falcons. That's an oh yeah. You got to hit the oh yeah. Oh yeah. Thought I did. Oh yeah. There it is. We turned up a little bit so we can. Oh hear. yeah. Nice. Correct. Hey, correction if on that if I didn't hit it the first time. All right. So for me on that. That's not. Oh, you did. Moving on to the <laughs> Falcons. Todd Gurley is projected starter with Ito Smith. Don't even worry about that handcuff. Ito who? Brian mm. Hill? Who gives a shit? <laughs> I mean, this is an interesting situation no. only because there is no reason to make this an interesting situation because no. it's not an it's, interesting situation. The reason it's not a it's good point or a great point. Out yeah. You don't know that. Arr. The reason it's interesting <laughs> is that Todd Gurley <laughs> will get hurt at some point this season. So, yes, therefore, his backup will have value. However, who is his backup? I don't know. I don't care. I'm not drafting. I don't know. Go Who's ahead. BC Johnson? We may never know. <laughs> hey, he's he's a guy that's actually having a great camp in Baltimore this. Ravens. Mark Ingram, projected starter. J.K. Dobbins as the handcuff. I'll throw this Love one to it. Zach. If you want, I'm today, when this podcast is released, later today is an AFC North preview for fantasy football. And let me say something. Mark Ingram is the most underappreciated running back in fantasy football history. Pretty close. And let me say this, J.K. Dobbins, what you will see is that Mark Ingram will start at hot, and then he will dip, and then J.K. Dobbins will pick it up. If you have both, it will be a running back one across the board. That's a good point, something to look out for, because J.K. Dobbins was one of my favorite prospects coming out. He doesn't have the speed. Top end speed, but he doesn't he, do he does anything everything well. He, he does, does all the little things well. He does everything yeah. really, really well at a high level. He's everything he's he not wants. elite. Maybe he's elite in like one or two things, but he is not bad in anything. To quote he's a really Ohio State fan, where he says that every time I'm out on him as prospect, he does something that changes my mind. Yeah, he's and really good at dropping touchdown passes against Clemson, though. Oh, yikes! Where are we? Good thing he doesn't have to play Clemson after all those True. points. Are we on J.K. Dobbins? I'm in. Yay. Ooh, yeah. Oh. And one's a fifth-round running back, and the other one's an eighth-round running back. That's really good value to get both those players. Unlike what we were you talking about both. earlier yeah. with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Like, well, yeah. Kareem Hunt's I mean, a good value, maybe. If you like, like, those are good values. If you are like in the fifth round, you don't have an RB2 yet, Mark Ingram is a tremendous RB2 yeah. value in the fifth round. Correct. Although you should have an, your RB2 by the fifth round, probably. Yeah. We have discussed the <laughs> Buffalo Bills, and technically we've discussed the Panthers. I'm going to go ahead and just Yeah, the Panthers, Bonifon really quick, you, you mentioned some guy I've never heard of, but Mike Reggie Davis Bonifon. is also there. And Mike Davis, Hookem, also not drafting. All right. <laughs> talked about the Chicago Bears. Cincinnati Bengals, we, we we touched on them with Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard and a little bit in one of your rants, JG, but overall vote on Giovanni Bernard. Major. I think you have to. I want Ooh, yeah. both of these teams. I want both these players on every team this year. Like Joe Mixon is a must draft for me, and that makes Giovanni Bernard a must draft. And, and Giovanni Bernard going in the 20th round is insane to me because every time I talk shit about Gio, someone drafting Giovanni Bernard, there are two or three weeks where he is an RB, a legit RB1. Yep. yep. Keep talking to them after I draft him so I can keep reaping that benefit. We also talked about the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys. One that is going to be a park string for Zach. These next two. The Denver Broncos, Melvin Gordon, as the starter, who's had some injury issues, I think, in camp that I've read as well. Yep. And Philip Lindsay as your handcuff. Well, Melvin Gordon, you know, he, he's got weak lungs or something. Like, grow up. I've been to Denver. I've walked around Denver. 
you can breathe. Like this whole altitude thing, it's a myth. I believe it is a myth. I think I think all these little they're excuses. And I'm out on Melvin Gordon, but I am in Send your complaints to Doctor. But now listen. I will not draft Philip Lindsay, and I'm saying that as <laughs> affirmation to remind myself that I will not do it. But Philip Lindsay is, is a 1,000-yard rusher two years in a row with freaking competition that he shouldn't be having, and here comes more competition he shouldn't be having. Philip Lindsay's a legit RB1 for any other team, but apparently the Denver Broncos are just dumb idiots constantly. And so, I will say this up on Philip Lindsay, down on Melvin Gordon. The fact so, that Gordon is making $8 million a year for the next two years pretty much means the Broncos have to start him, or else that contract is a major failure. So yeah. that I think it's like a fake start. It just is a whole gross situation I don't want any part of. Yeah, There's I'm out so on both other... because it's so messy. Yeah. But Zach, right. I do like Bud Light's new slogan. Thank it's you. really good. <laughs> So that's a buzzer to Denver, but that's a Ooh, yeah. so that's his ex Bud Light slogan. Nice. So moving on down here uh, to another team, the Detroit Lions. We talked about DeAndre Swift. I had my big rant last week about what these coach speak terms that are coming out that he's not picking up. They're not. He's not quite what they thought. All those things. But as it stands, Carryon Johnson is listed as the handcuff, and with all the doubt. Well, not, I don't want to say all the doubt, but with some doubt or some lingering something coming around Swift. I mean. If Carrion truly is the handcuff in that situation, where are we at on him? No, this doesn't make sense. Carrion's a starter, and DeAndre Swift is the handcuff. But that's I I I don't think that's how the public views it. Like I Maybe. view it the same way you do. Yeah, but I think I, the public views it the other way around. And let me say this: if Carrion Johnson's there in the ninth or tenth round, eh, that's not come the on up pick. on the team. I don't care if I have Swift or not. Just come on up, little fella. Yeah. I'm not. Maybe. I'm I, probably not drafting a Lions running back, but yeah, like same. But I'm probably Johnson's on this fucking starter though. This is ridiculous. When I write my handcuff article, DeAndre Swift will be listed as the handcuff. Just okay. So, for the so you're just ignoring ADP. Is the ADP is Swift going higher? Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want either one, so fuck it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's, so let's give him a. Uh, eh, fuck this guy. <laughs> All right. So Indianapolis – oh, I skipped a few tapes. Good Lord, that's what I get for looking away and drinking some beer tonight. Uh, the Green Bay Packers we talked what about. What kind of beer? And it's A.J. Dillon. Like, Black cherry. Justin said that he doesn't know who it's going to be. It's A.J. Dillon. A.J. Well, Dillon is number two. A.J. Dillon or it's Jamal Williams. No, no, too. because they – listen, there is another establishment that has already written an article based on Roto World blurbs that – uh, Jamal Williams is on the trading block. So, you're, let's trade for Jamal Williams or blah, blah, blah. I, guess I so. think Jamal Williams is out. <laughs> that doesn't so. mean he's on the trading block. Whatever. Well, yeah. Every, Matt every position back, in the NFL on. is on the trading block, according to that source. Anyway. Yeah, Derrick Henry was on the trading block when Matt LaFleur was here. So they. Just I, really I will say this. I think it's A.J. Dillon. I don't think it's Jamal Williams. And I'm drafting – Maybe you're drafting the handcuff of a handcuff, but eventually I think that A.J. Dillon is going to be the guy. So why not draft him in the 14th round? So I would definitely draft Aaron Jones somewhere in the second round, expecting a huge regression from the 16 touchdowns he scored last year. But I'm 
this is an w- interesting case where I'm probably not drafting a handcuff because if Aaron Jones were to get hurt, I don't think it's going to be A.J. Dillon or Jamal Williams as the guy. I think they're just both going to be playing a lot, and that kills both of their fantasy value. Well, Jamal Williams will be in two-tone blue, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where are we at on, on this handcuff situation in Green Bay? I'm a yes. Oh. I'm being Overwhelming outvoted. majority – Overwhelming. Green Bay's got two thumbs, and you only have. Hold one on, I was about to. Hold on, I was say I, I get a vote in this too, right? But I'm I'm down on it. So let's go to let's go to one. Let's go to Johnson Johnson in the Houston Texans situation with David Johnson, BC. No, David Johnson. Oh, okay. Then Duke Johnson is the backup. I'm drafting both so I can name my team Johnson and Johnson, but otherwise <laughs> well, I'm not drafting either. Okay. <laughs> two Johnsons, one cup. Oh, God. All right, let's make it yep. four Johnsons. I'm drafting Deontay and BC too. Let's get it on, baby. <laughs> Johnson and Johnson, Johnson and Johnson. I mean, David just, Johnson, I think, has been drafted too low. At that point. Yeah, there you go. Sausage Fest is great. I think Johnson, David Johnson is going too low. And we saw what Carlos Hyde did last year in this offense. He's going to do better. I mean, he's better than Carlos Hyde. I know there's doubters and all that. Carlos Hyde's not that good. He's the third string running back up in Seattle right now. Second. Maybe. Maybe he could be second. <laughs> but I'm going I'm going David Johnson. But am I gonna necessarily draft Duke Johnson? Even if David Johnson goes down, it's the third guy. Whoever the third guy is is gonna be it. Duke Johnson is not and I, I went into this uh I somewhat dropped Duke Johnson or David Johnson one of my leagues and I picked him up and just, you know, trying to trade him you know, as a joke, but someone's like, well, did Duke Johnson die when I said there's no competition behind him? Well, Duke Johnson's not a three down running back. Like right. where and have you been? He could be. The, he Duke could Johnson. Be. Their actions no. tell you they don't think of him that way. They, exactly. They had Nobody him. Nobody does. They got did you have like Hyde, several him, coaching regimes. Right. I, I, I mean, look, like, Greenlaw's right. Several Since, coaching regimes have said that Duke Johnson is not a three-down running back. Cleveland as well. I mean, when he came into the yeah. league, there was yeah, a lot right. of people on draft Twitter who were like, Duke Johnson's really good, Duke Johnson. And then when he first started playing Cleveland, I was like, why isn't Duke Johnson getting the ball more? And then when he got traded to Houston, all these people on draft Twitter, why isn't Duke Johnson getting the ball more? Well, there's yeah. some reason he's not getting the ball well, more. Like, Maybe it is a Kenyon Drake thing, but the thing is that – Bill O'Brien doesn't think he's a right. three-down running back, and that's all that matters. The, diff- yeah. the difference between uh, – and that's where he is currently. The difference between the Kenyon Drake thing is he goes to another team and starts automatically producing. Right. So yeah. he can go to another team and still do the same thing he did with the other team. So that tells me that – He's a small – he's Tariq Cohen. If Tariq Cohen goes to another team, he's not suddenly going to be Kenyon Drake. Right. Like, yeah. I, I mean, no, he's going to be Tariq Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go – out I'm, I'm out on Duke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor, projected starter, Marlon Mack as the handcuff. Yes. Backwards. Yes. 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 It's backwards. Marlon Mack. Not, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, this is not how the season will start. So I am Jonathan Taylor. It's all about ADP. You tell me a year ADP, ago bud. that I'd be in on Marlon Mack right now and I would have slapped I am your in face. on some Marlon Mack. <laughs> and then yeah. Yeah, did you see the – that he ripped off runs of like 45 and 50 like a couple of days ago, like two big runs. I I'm all in on Marlon Mack. Is Ninth in, round. It's crazy. Everyone is in the fantasy community is all in on Jonathan Taylor. Like, why? Why? What have we seen from them no. that makes that you think that Jonathan Taylor is going to get all the care? I'll tell you Maybe what we by will week see. 10. He's going to fumble away that job to Marlon Mack, and then you'll look like a genius. 
Booyah. Oh, and also, yeah. Marlon Mack has a little bit of a fumbling problem, too. I, I oh. love to retweet. Oh, come on, let's not put that in into the ether. All right, so we're, we're in on Marlon Mack just because we think that he will be the starter at some point in time. You're getting some great value if he sticks around in the ninth round part. He's, I'm going to skip this next team because be uh, the, the Jags. We already did the Jags. We're good. Oh, maybe we did, maybe we didn't, but still, I'm out. I just want to get another shot in on the Jags. All right, so going to Kansas City Chiefs, one we did not talk about, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, or Clyde Hilaire Edwards, as uh, Justin Mello first to apparently, and DeAndre <laughs> Washington. Um, I'm just going to predict, like, he's getting a lot of buzz, but what? he's a rookie, he's coming in, and he's getting a lot of buzz, but what happens if he doesn't produce? Well, gonna go. I'll just handle this really quickly. If you don't get Clyde Edwards-Alaire, there's no one else in the Chiefs' backfield worth drafting because yeah. who the hell knows who's getting any role? Fair enough. Well, look what they did last year. They just rotated everybody. There was no clear-cut person after LaShawn McCoy and who's the guy who just got hurt. The other three running backs make one running back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that they rotated running backs last year because they didn't have that true number one guy, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to get 80% of the running back snaps. Oh, so I'm going to overthink this. Yeah, you no, know, we all agree I, with that. You know what my stance is. I promise if I get the first pick in the in the in the draft, I'll take him just because I've said it and I want to see what happens. I'm I'm gambling on that and see what happens. I know that I hey, I don't think he's gonna be necessarily a better, smarter play than CMC, but dang it, I, I believe in him and I think that's gonna be a big pickup and, and I don't wanna risk not getting him when I yeah, think he's gonna be a good pick. pick. He yep. will be. So it's one of the situations where maybe maybe the draft decision doesn't match up, but I'm winning games. I don't care. So yep. moving on down uh, from the Chiefs to the Chargers, another of the – I meant to pick them up with the hard knocks as well, and I kind of skipped over them, but just Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson going on there. What are we feeling on Justin Jackson just real quick? Justin Jackson's at the handcuff. Joshua Kelly is. If you if you want to win smart and know that Austin Eckler maybe goes down, Justin Jackson's getting the first team reps, but he ain't doing shit with them because he's not very good. Yeah, I'm not so in Joshua Kelly. I think that yeah, the I would Chargers, say no. The Chargers backfield is a mess. Mm. I had a brief moment where I was in on Eckler, but like when you look at all the stats about Philip Rivers targeting running backs compared to like Terod Taylor's targeting running backs throughout his career, there's it's like the whole everything Austin Eckler did was a product of Philip Rivers. Not everything, but his fantasy value was a product of Philip Rivers. I think he's a talented player. I just like I'm not in on Eckler, and therefore who needs a backup to him when you're not even in on the starter to begin with. I do like Eckler, but the thing about uh, Jackson and who'd you say the backup is? Uh, Joshua Kelly. Joshua UCLA Kelly. rookie. If you think Kelly's going to be the handcuff, you have time to figure that out because people are going to pick up Justin Jackson and then they're going to start him and he's going to fail and then you're still going to have time. It's not a Darrington Evans situation, in my opinion, where he's the direct number two. He's the number three guy. And he's probably going to be until they prove otherwise. Yeah, unless Joshua Kelly explodes onto the scene in some pass catching opportunities or something. When Austin Eckler goes down, everybody will be looking for Justin Jackson on the waiver. Yep. Nobody's going to be looking for exactly. Joshua Kelly on the waiver. And that's when you let the waiver pass and get Joshua Kelly. There was a situation Which like this Which is a last strategy year. we have not talked about. True. There was a situation last year where like everybody picked up one guy and the other guy ended up being a star. I wish I could remember what the hell it was. Yep. But yeah, that happens. What well, happened a few years ago? The Washington football team did it when um oh crap. I don't know who it was, but someone went down and then fat Rob Kelly came in and just took over for the Washington football team. And 
I actually hold on. This is a waste of time. Let's move on. <laughs> you can cut all this. I'm not cutting for the YouTube. The YouTube they get everything, and then the people. It on is a waste of time, don't. but I have an award for picking up <laughs> Fat Rob Kelly and winning a couple of an games hour. because of Fat Rob Kelly. Okay. All right, let's 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 motor through these. Oh, just, just an hour. <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs, the starter. Jalen Richard. Jalen Richard, yes. but. Let me tell you guys about a little guy named Lynn Bowden. Well, didn't they pick up real quick? Didn't they pick up somebody else recently too? Sure. Who cares? Lynn. They did. Bowden. I don't, I don't I remember who it was. Something. Lynn Bowden don't, was a receiver at Kentucky. No. Give me the vote. Who, Give me the vote. Give me. Hey, you, yeah, you're okay. gonna, thumbs go down. down. Thumbs down. But keep your eye on Lynn Bowden. <laughs> All right, Vikings. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, Alexander Met- Medicine. Yes. Yeah. Draft. You have to. Wait, you skipped the Dolphins. You skipped the Dolphins. No, we covered Breda earlier. Well, we just said that Breda over someone else. Real quick, Breda. Breda's a must draft, by the way. Major value could be the starting running back. Jordan Howard has never been good. Just skip Jordan Howard. Skip Jordan Howard. Yeah, but Alvin take Breda as a player. Octavius Murray as the the handcuff. You have to have this handcuff. My number two handcuff. An oldie but a not good, excuse me. Deion Lewis is the handcuff to Saquon Barkley. I think we talked a little bit earlier about that. New York Jets, we talked about that. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles, Miles Sanders, Sanders, and Boston Scott. I'm not even looking at you. All right. Nope. Anthony McFarland Jr. backing up James Conner. Assuming that it's injured. not Benny Snell or someone Benny else. Benny Snell. Backup running back in Pittsburgh, backing up the oft-injured James, James Conner in Pittsburgh. Hell. Oh, on all Steelers running backs. It's one of those things where you just wait till the waiver clears. Yeah. Right. Seattle Seahawks. Oh, was it Seattle? Everyone picked up Jalen Samuels, and then it was like Benny Snell, who was actually the guy. Maybe. Well, well, that's just research it on your own time and then put the correction on the YouTube. Thank you. That correction will not be on the YouTube. Sorry, everyone. I'm not going to be able to remember that. Snarky Ryan. If you care that much. (laughs) I don't. Seattle Seattle. Exactly. Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde. Yes, Carlos Hyde is a yes. is a value. Carlos Hyde Ooh, yeah. could be a value. Yeah. I mean, eight yeah. round. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you're okay. just looking for a fucking flyer at the yeah. end of your and draft, it's not going to be Penny. Well. We've seen enough of yeah. Penny. Kevin Coleman in San Francisco. A same exact situation. Yes. Tenth round pick. Ooh, he might yeah. end up being a starter. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn in Tampa Bay. Hell no. Yeah, I'm a little out on Keyshawn, and I was really in. I was out, same. then in, then out. Yeah, out, I'm out. out. Zach's convincing me on Rojo. Yeah, and Zach has. We covered the Titans, and we also covered the Washington football team. Nice. Oh, so that's everybody. That's all. I, the I just want to say that maybe I should be plugging instead of Bud Light, which is 2020 in a can. I should be <laughs> plugging uh, Ronald, be, trying to be Ronald Jones's agent because I feel like I've done a really good job of promoting his brand. Any handcuff stuff to round back on that we may have missed since we actually got this in an hour? <laughs> no, I think we're good. I was just going to ask for any final notes or any final thoughts. Uh, JG, I want to spend this time. Anything <laughs> happening in the sports world that you'd like to speak on? I know that we're having fun here, sure. but there's some interesting stuff going on. And I know that you had mentioned before the show, and I wanted to get your thoughts real quick because I think that you can, you can, you can speak on this probably more poignantly um, based on what you said earlier, and I want you to go through it again. Well, I hope so, but – I just want to say, I mean, we're four white guys here. So, like, what perspective do we even have? But 
the NBA boycotting their games, other sports, MLB, WNBA following suit, the MLS as well. I think that it's really cool to see these players understand their platform and actually start to do something. I mean, kneeling before the national anthem was a great start. Here's the way I see it. And sorry to get political, but you know, we're at an inflection point in our culture and you can either be on the right side of history or the wrong side of history. And I'm sorry, but social injustice is a real thing. And if you've never experienced it in your life, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist because, you know, I mean, anecdotally is not the best way to tell these, this issue. Just look at the stats. I mean, there are so many people suffering at the hands of, of social injustice from top to bottom, whether you're talking about police and police brutality, it doesn't stop there though. I mean, our entire system is set up in such a bad way. So sorry, I don't want to get too into that, but I just want to say, I really support what the players are doing. You know, they started by kneeling during the anthem and that riled some people up. It got attention. There are people out there who really don't like that. And I, I think most of those people don't understand where the kneeling is coming from. And I think that if they did take the time to understand, they would support it maybe a little bit more, or at least understand it if they didn't support it. But nothing happened, right? Legislatively, nothing happened. So they took the next step. They boycott. They didn't come. The Milwaukee Bucks obviously started. If you missed the story, I don't, you must be living under a rock. Milwaukee Bucks did not come out for the game against the Orlando Magic, game six that they probably would have, or game five that they probably would have won easily. They said, we're staying in the locker room as a protest, as a boycott of the Jacob Blake shooting that happened in Wisconsin, obviously Milwaukee, located in Wisconsin. And other teams followed suit. I think that that is just a great escalation of saying, look, you didn't listen when we kneeled during the anthem. I mean, you, you got mad a little bit, but you didn't do anything. So we're taking it to another level. And if you don't listen this time, there's another level we can go to. You know, We don't have to finish the playoffs. We don't have to play basketball anymore. And I just think it's really great to see the players recognize their platform and how to use it. And this is how social change happens. I mean, I talked to my parents who obviously lived through the, the change of the 60s and 50s, 60s and 70s, all the civil rights movements that I wasn't alive for. And when, you know, when the George Floyd protests were, were first starting up, I talked to my dad and my mom about it, kind of expecting my old white parents to be like anti-protest, right? But they were very pro-protest to my surprise. And they were even saying to me like, this is nothing. You know, we lived through some real boycotts, some real protests, and that's how change has, that's what it takes for change to happen. People have to be really uncomfortable. So yep, that's my absolutely. white perspective, which again, I mean, I don't have the perspective on this to really talk on it, but just from what I've seen, I do think that I really, I mean, I just strongly support what the NBA players are doing and we don't know where this is going to go yet. I mean, this just happened earlier today. We're recording on Wednesday night. So th this could have, Hopefully, it will have a life beyond Wednesday where actual change happens. And one of the big things that these Milwaukee players were hoping for was the state of Wisconsin to, like, convene as a government. They, they haven't convened in months because of, I don't know why, maybe it's COVID and they're, like, on, on leave or layaway or whatever. But that was one of the big points Milwaukee wanted was, like, we need our government to be a government again. So, anyway, long political rant over, but... If you guys want to comment, obviously go ahead, but that's how I feel about it. Sum I'm up, fully supporting. Yeah, I think to sum up there, if, if 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 they're not listening when you're doing something peaceful and they're not listening when you're when you're talking calmly and you go after some somebody's wallets, yep. maybe that's the way they start listening. So thank you, JG. And in closing, that's going to do it for us this week. I, I apologize, Zach. I should have given you a chance to speak up if you wanted to. So No, I mean, I think that everything that – 
JG said is right. I mean, we've millennials suck. Like I hate <laughs> millennials and I am technically a millennial, but I will not associate with any of them besides the ones on this podcast because so far it's just been a lot of bark and no bite. And to me, it's just like, I was just talking to someone the other day and they were like, Oh, well, my vote doesn't matter. Well, you have to remember that if you're thinking that way, then there's probably millions of people your age. Okay. Maybe hundreds of thousands, but either way, tons of people your age thinking the same thing. And all it takes is all those people to say one different thing and to make change. And I think it's slowly going that way. And I commend, I mean, even inside the NBA, when Kenny left that, you know, that set, I was like, and Chris Webber, should I fucking live, leave my house? Like, <laughs> I, like I looked at the phone and go, God, should I leave my house? Should I just get out of here and, you know, walk off the set? I mean, like it, it was, it was empower. It was powerful. And I wish instead of taking these powerful moments for granted, which it seems like Kenny Smith didn't take, you know, the players did. But if everybody's committing Kenny Smith, we as a society should start taking those. We, we need to start taking this stuff seriously. And we need to take these powerful moments to heart and do something about it. And one of those things is to vote. And I know that's really weird to circle back around to voting and all that stuff. But it is. I mean, everybody should vote. It does If you're 18 and you hate something going on, like if you hate Trump, if you hate Biden, if you hate Kanye West, if you hate whoever you hate, vote for the other person. Because a, vo a, no, a, a vote, a zero vote, an absent, you not voting means you're voting for possibly whoever want, wins. And you may hate that person that wins, right? So at least you can say that even if you lost, your candidate lost, at least you voted and you tried, right? I mean, I don't know. It's to circle back around to what really matters is that there is an imbalance in this country that has not gone away. Let's be honest. The imbalance in our country, no matter what has happened is it's changed, but it's always there and there's, and it needs to change. It's, it's got to change. You see videos and I always try to double check and research legitimacy of some videos that air on Twitter. But there's tons of videos of, of just the imbalance and the injustice shown nationwide. And it has to be corrected. I yep. mean, we're just at a point where it has to be corrected. And I hope... If you would have told me last year that the NBA is going to forfeit some games and it's going to change everything, last year I'd have been like, yeah, we'll see. I'm seeing it right now. I I believe. I believe yeah. that there is change on the horizon, and I hope. Maybe they'll listen this time. Yeah. yeah. I hope that it, I hope it starts reaching people. Yeah, yeah. sir. Oh, my God. I'm just so sick of the people just – ignoring it 
Yep. Say right. that again, Ryan. You got cut off. I said I, I agree because I don't want my daughters uh, growing up in this kind of world. I want them to be friends with whoever they want to be friends with. I yep. want them to be able to hang around whoever they want to be friends, hang around with, and not have to worry about judgment, not have to worry about what other people see and just judge that person by the content of their character. Yeah. Yep. Sounds awful and, close to something else, but that's really how I feel. And I just, I hate this that's going on, but. And I, I can't say it better than you guys have said it, but to echo what Zach has said, you got to vote. Uh, no voting is a vote for apathy and we have, we have to do better than what we've been doing. So go out, go vote. And just to echo what everyone else has said, we, we can all do better. There, there's never going to be a perfect political candidate, right. no matter which can what, whatever party you believe in. <laughs> Good luck. Fuck the party like, system, for God's sake. Yeah, Jesus yeah, I, I am totally out on the party system. I hate That's it. Next I think week's it's stupid. Next week's pod will be on the two-party yes. system. And so, <laughs> I mean, sorry to sorry to be all preachy on our podcast here, but I also, like I said, the players recognize the platform they have. I mean. It'd be foolish of us not to recognize the platform that we somewhat have. I mean, it's nothing compared to what they have, but no, we have a little right. bit of a platform. Yeah. No, if absolutely. we're silent about it, then we're compliant, and I don't want to yep. be compliant. So, yeah, and that's why I asked you to take a minute or two and go and uh, and talk about this. But a to- minute or ten is what you said. Well, that feels like it, <laughs> <laughs> and but that's okay. And just to kind of bring this back into fantasy, thank y'all for listening to the flex tonight. Didn't get to do that enough tonight, so one more time. And closing, that is going to do it for us. Remember to be sure to check out all our other podcasts and articles that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at BroadwayTN and the show at Flex on Broadway. Follow Zach at F-Word Pod, JG at Titans Film Room, and Greenlaw at Rob on Broadway. It's three weeks in a row, baby. Seltzer your way on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow Broadway there. Do us a favor, register to vote, and after you've registered to vote, make sure you subscribe and rate five stars two times in a row. Help us out. It'll all make sense, I promise. But until next time, see ya. Drink a Bud Light. Drink a Bud Light. A Broadway Sports Media Production.